No. Hey, good morning. I'm Terry Rapley, for those that don't know, and I am super excited, and as usual, I feel honored that I even get to be up here talking about our Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but I love what the Holy Spirit's been doing. I love how the Holy Spirit has been leading us and guiding us to this, this season of Lent, which I always typically think of as a Catholic tradition. But really, this is a time where we're reflecting and we're really looking at our Jesus' life, his miracles, his death, and his resurrection. And I, I love that we're dedicating time solely to looking at who he is. Who is our Jesus? And that's what we get to do today. I personally love looking at who Jesus is. This part, today we're going to talk about a part of his human journey. And as you look in John and as you're reading it, we're seeing that part of him when he was human and he was walking on the earth. He was God, but he was human. He came in human form. Now, this helps me to think of Jesus' humanity. Um, it gives me a lot of encouragement and a lot of hope because I want to have a fabulous, amazing relationship with Jesus. And I really don't have a lot of reference of how to have a relationship with Jesus. I do know a little bit more about how to have a relationship with another human being. Now, I'm not that great in all of my human being relationships. They, there's a lot of room for improvement. But one thing that I do know about relationships is that what you put into it, you tend to get out of it. And I also know that great relationships involve effort and time and really getting to know who that person is, paying attention to who they are, and digging into that. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm not looking at it from a perspective ever of equality with Jesus, not looking at it from a perspective of minimizing him to my human level and my human understanding. I'm looking at it from a perspective that I believe that everything that is beautiful and wonderful in humanity is because he was it first. He had it first, and he chose to share it with us and he, as what you said earlier, I love that, he's above everything. Anything that we can manage, we can imagine, he's a hundredfold. So that's what we're going to do today, is we're going to look a little bit about Jesus as a man. And we're going to do that by looking at John 1 through 11, when he turned the water into wine. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, 
draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You've kept the good wine till now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Who does this say about who are Jesus's, who were in a relationship? Well, right out of the gate, it tells us that Jesus is respectful. I'm not going to lie. I have struggled with some of the ways that I have seen how Jesus talks to his mother. I, I've had a hard time with that. Um, you'll see it in different times. But in this time, and this context, this part of the world, the reference to being called a woman, actually it was a term, it was a respectful term. He addressed her as mother is very comparable to ma'am. Now, in my heart of hearts, I believe that God gave Mary special insight and understanding to her role as Jesus's mother, because that's a, that wasn't the, your typical mother-son relationship. So I think he gave her understanding so that her feelings wouldn't be hurt. But in this case, Jesus was very respectful. And he addressed her as woman, which was a beautiful term. The second thing this tells us right off the bat, Jesus is focused on the will of the Father. We're in a relationship with Jesus. We are guaranteed that what he's going to have for us is going to be focused on the will of the Father. And he went there right away. What does this concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. He was focused He's very patient. This Jesus that we're in a relationship with, he's patient. We may not always like that, and we may struggle with that, but he's patient. He doesn't have to jump out there and show all of his amazing power. He's patient because he knows he has a plan and a purpose. He's following the will of the Father, and there's a plan in place here. And what does Mary say? She says, well, Whatever he says to do, do it. He just got done saying, what does this concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And she says, whatever he does, do it. Now, I think this is really interesting. I think Jesus has a sense of humor personally. And I actually love that about Jesus. We don't see a lot about his humor in the word. But I believe he has to have a beautiful sense of humor because if he didn't, why would laughter be so refreshing and energizing? Some of my favorite relationships are with people that make me laugh. I love being playful and having a good time. If humor didn't, it has to have come from Jesus. He has a beautiful sense of humor. So here's how I see this conversation actually playing out. Really, Mom? Wine? Uh, my time has not yet come. I'm all about my father's business. Um, and Mary turns to him, Oh, son, now, I know you were conceived supernaturally. You can do this. And she says to the servants, Hey, whatever he does, you do it. 
This also tells us he's someone to believe in. Right off the bat, she knows to, hey, whatever he tells you to do, do it. He hadn't performed a miracle up to this point in his journey. But she knew to tell them, hey, whatever he says to do, do it. The other thing this tells us is he's kind and caring. Weddings at that time, they were a big deal. It was said that they lasted up to a week. They're a big deal now, but then they lasted a week long. In smaller towns, the whole entire town could have been invited. It was a big deal, and if something went wrong, it could have been brought disgrace on the family and on the bride and the groom. Jesus did it anyway. He's kind and caring, and he cares about the little things. This means a lot to me. I'm in a relationship with someone that cares about my humanity, and he cares about the little things, like what we see he did here. He cares about you, and every little thing that you go through, it matters to him, and he'll be there with you. The next thing we see... He tells, he tells the servants, okay, fill the water pot with water. Goes on a little bit, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. This Jesus that I'm in a relationship with, he's decisive and he's direct. He made a decision. There was a problem that was presented. He made a decision. He made it quickly. He stuck with it and he was direct about how to carry it out. How refreshing is that? How many times is it so difficult to come to even the simplest of decisions? And when you do finally get there, the instructions of how to do it aren't actually that clear. I, my husband and I, we used to like to go out to dinner on Fridays. And here's how this would start. Where do you want to go for dinner? Be like, oh, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Back and forth. Where do you want to go? I quickly learned to just say where I wanted to go. And then he would say he didn't want to go there. And then we would end up going there. <laughs> Jesus isn't like that. He's pretty clear. He's pretty clear throughout his word. Pray for your enemies. Honor your mother and father. Love me above all else. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't lean on your own understanding. He's clear. He's direct. He tells you what to do. Typically, if, I, if his instructions are vague and unclear, usually that's because I don't like what I'm hearing and I'm looking for a loophole out of it because I want to do something different. He's clear. And it's in his word. The other thing this thing tells us is our Jesus is very resourceful. I love resourcefulness. I do. I love this and my friends and the people around me. Our Jesus is resourceful. So the, this wedding, they run out of wine. He looks around. He looks, oh, there are six water pots. Go get those. He doesn't look at the water pots. They don't have to be all perfect. He doesn't go out and say, oh, Go buy some new water pots. I don't like the color of that water pot. I, that one's got a little crack in it. I don't think that one's new enough. He doesn't say that. No, he uses what's at hand. And he can make something out of nothing. This is good news again for me in this Jesus that I'm a relation, in a relationship with. 
He can take me. He can make me something out of nothing. He can look at my circumstances. To him, they may not be anything because he can do it. He's resourceful. He's efficient. And he can take care of business. He can take ordinary elements and turn them into something extraordinary. Water. Water, it's one of the plainest, most ordinary things you ever see. It's clear and it's so life-giving and he makes it extraordinary. You see a lot of reference to water all throughout the Bible. And Jesus can use that. He takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. And I don't know where you guys put yourselves. I'm, I'm lucky to be ordinary sometimes. He can use me. He can use each and every one of you. This is a beautiful thing. With him, nothing's impossible. Nothing at all. He takes this water. He turns it into wine. Nothing is impossible with him. And he's competent. I love this about him. He says, hey, he does this thing, turns the water into wine, and he says, go take it to the master of the feast. He doesn't second guess himself. Me, I would have been, oh, let me taste it first. I got to make sure that that's okay. I can't pass this around. No, the Jesus that we serve and the Jesus we're in a relationship with, he's confident. He knows that what he says, that's what's going to happen. He knows that he'll do what he says. And we can all rely on that. That's who we're in a relationship with, with someone who's competent. I love that. I need that. I need to serve a competent God. I need a competent Jesus. I am so glad. Then he says, then servants, they take the wine. They take the wine to the master of the feast. The master of the feast, he runs to the bridegroom and he says, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And then when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you've kept the good wine until now. I cannot even put into words what this means to me. This is so, even then, it's so like life today. How often do we see things that they start out really super fabulous and they fizzle out? Um, you see it in relationships. They start out really great. You see it in diet, exercise, savings plans. We could go on and on about things that start out good and fizzle out. Our Jesus? No. He's not like that at all. I think this is his way of saying, stick with me. Don't abandon me. I'm with you the whole entire way. I'm going to take something... Any circumstance that you're in right now, it may look bad, but I'm going to turn it into my greater good. I have a plan and purpose. I'm competent. I do what I, I can do what I say. That's what this says to me. It says to me, I'm not giving up on you. Don't give up on me. That's my part in the relationship. I don't want to give up on him. And we shouldn't either. He follows through. His, this part of him, he follows through more than we can ever imagine. We just have to do our part in the relationship. And he does all of this at a wedding. All this, this miracle at a wedding. I can think of no 
better celebration of love and a lifelong commitment, in this case, an eternal commitment, than a wedding. This is a celebration of love. And it tells us that he wants an intimate relationship with us. And he tells us he wants an intimate relationship. I can think of no more intimate relationship than that between a husband and wife. This is beautiful. Jesus chooses to perform his first miracle, his first sign of him being a God at a wedding, at love, something that represents commitment. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for loving me like that and choosing this moment to do it. I appreciate that. And I, I, I'm glad that he wants to be in an intimate relationship with me. I'm glad he wants me. Thank you. We all want to be wanted. He wants us and he loves us. So I, I'm happy about this. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to do a quick recap. Who's our Jesus? He's respectful. He's focused, patience, has plan and purpose, sense of humor. He's someone to have faith in. He's kind and caring. He cares about the little things. He's decisive, direct, resourceful. He makes the ordinary extraordinary. Nothing's impossible with our Jesus. He's confident and successful. He wants an intimate relationship. And he wants a lifelong, eternal commitment. Who doesn't want a relationship with someone like that? It's no wonder that people were following him everywhere that he went when he was on earth. If he was here today, walking on this earth, I wouldn't even have access to him. I wouldn't even probably be able to get close to him because he would be surrounded. I would try, but I probably wouldn't be able to. The thing is, is that through his death and resurrection, we do have access to him. He gave us access, and he wants a relationship. And Jesus tells us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I see this as, for God so loved the world that he gave his only amazing, fabulous son so that you can have everlasting life with me. That's how I see this. Don's going to come up and close in prayer, but I would encourage everyone in this next remaining part of Lent, as you're reading through John, to just really dig deep into who your Jesus is. Because just as you are uniquely and wonderfully made, so is your relationship with Jesus. Dig deep, pay some attention to who he is, and give Jesus this time in these next remaining time. Thank you.